0: Well, good morning, church. I'm so grateful that I get to speak to y'all this morning. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Psalm 23. And we went over uh, this Psalm in class on Monday when I met online um, for seminary. And I just really enjoyed it. And I thought this was an encouraging scripture to just remind the people of God how good God is and and how he provides and, and just who he is to us. And one of my biggest struggles is oftentimes I want to have an objective to uh, please somebody or something or to, to achieve something. Like, if I don't have something to do, if I don't have an objective, if I don't have a mission, then I struggle to to find um, my my value. And, and I know that's a really hard thing to say, but that's just how I am. And so... This scripture to me has been super important to to just remember how good God is and that in him, I just rest in him and I, I work for him and through him and, and, and just how, how good he is. And so we'll get into that. Let me pray for us and we'll dive into Psalm 23. God, I thank you so much for this day and I thank you so much for allowing us to have the technology and to to have service online, and thank you so much for the team who is constantly working to provide uh, community through this online. God, I pray that you would bless our hearts this morning as we hear what you say through the Psalm 23. Um, David's words, I pray that they would pierce our hearts, that they will remind us of your goodness during this weird. So Psalm 23, the Psalm of David says this, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so, looking at this, the first thing I want us to see, church, God is your provider. God is your provider. David calls God his shepherd. And this meaning um, of God being a shepherd connects with David so well, because when we, you meet David in the book of Samuel, David is actually, his profession as a shepherd. And being a shepherd was not the most prestigious calling in life. It was dangerous. He had to fight off animals to protect the, the sheep like bears and wolves. Um, and it didn't really pay well. And so, David can actually connect with, with God through, through calling him a shepherd because he understands the risk of being a shepherd. But he also understands the, the responsibilities. Uh, God Saying that God is our shepherd is like saying that we need to be led, that you need to be led by God. Because sheep are dumb, and they don't know what they're doing, and they have to be led by somebody. David is confessing that with God, your your needs will be supplied because God provides. He leads us. One of my favorite commentators, David Gizuk, says this. It also means that when we ask God to supply our needs, he's also saying that you will not desire more than what God gives. And so it's this call to be content. And so I want to ask you, if you want to respond in the chat, um, this is one of the questions that I will present to you today is, when has God shown himself to be your great provider? When has God shown himself to be your great provider? For me, God has placed men in my life to walk with me in accountability when I needed it most, who are still in my life. God has provided me with peace and clarity when my world was falling apart. And he's blessed me with a wonderful congregation to serve and, and wonderful students to to invest in. And just a testimony of God's provision, we in our youth discipleship we are going through uh the the, the journey of, of Moses. And so we, we've we've looked at his life. He recently, uh just over the weeks, we, we read about how uh how God provided manna for the people to eat. When they wanted meat, he provided quail. And when they were thirsty, um, they, they hit a rock and water came out of it. He provided them shelter. He provided protection from the enemies. He, de- he delivers them to the promised land. He delivers them in victory and, and guidance on when they don't know what to do or how to do it. He's very specific. And he provides guidance through his life. Um, his sheep need to be guided by a shepherd. And so we are called to to follow God and to to rely on his provisions for us as he leads us. Psalm 3410 says this, The young lion suffers want and hunger, but those that seek the Lord lack no good thing. Uh, One of my... uh, defining moments I would say spiritually was when I went to college in Jackson, Tennessee to Union University. And one of the hardest years of my life was my freshman year because a big part of that was I was not a part of a local church. Now hear me, I wasn't because I was intentionally not being a part of the church, but when I was looking for a church, I struggled to find one that I was called to, that I could serve at. I spent weeks discovering just kind of myself. I was introduced to theology that I'd never heard of before. Um, I never really knew how to look for a church. Once I started going to First Baptist Millington, I, I was there. And I guess I was comparing and contrasting churches to my home church, and they weren't the same. I was experiencing topics that I didn't agree with, and so I was trying to navigate what God was calling me to. And it was like I said, it was a long year. I didn't belong to a congregation until I became a sophomore, until I felt called to a church. And that was really hard on me spiritually. But in trusting the Lord and trusting his timing, he led me to the church I uh, attended for the rest of my, my college career. And the point in saying that is this, is that he knows what is best for you when it comes to comfort, when it comes to care, and when it comes to rest, church. Seek him and let him provide. He wants to make us still. He wants to, to make us rest. He wants to restore us, but we have to wait on him to be, and we have to be consistent. Second point I want us to see is that God is your protector. God is your protector. And this next part it sounds kind of dark because in verse 4 he says even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me. I'm not really sure what David means by the shadow of death. I don't know if he maybe experienced a traumatic event in his life that he, he maybe almost tasted death or maybe he he was just not in in a, in a funk of a season. Maybe he just was experiencing something tough and it felt like death. Who knows? I do know this, that he wasn't at the lowest of the low, but he definitely wasn't at the highest mountaintop either. And what I do understand is while God is the great provider, that doesn't mean that life isn't hard sometimes. Think about the testimony of Joseph. For 20 years of his life, he experienced hate. He experienced lies. He experienced betrayal from people that he loved, from people that he worked for. And that's a hard life. But God provided the whole time, and he provided protection the whole time. Whenever his his testimony was going to be slandered, God provided, and he said, just wait on me, trust me. Two items that I want to address is how he says um, the staff and the rod. And there's different debates on kind of what those mean. But what I've researched and, and how I understand it is that they represent protection and discipline. Protection being that God wants you to lean on him and he wants you to rely on him because he wants to protect you from the evil one. He wants to protect you from the bad. I kind of thought about how when your parent is driving and they come to an abrupt stop for some unknown reason or they almost get in an accident and if you're a parent and you have a kid in the passenger seat, what do you do? You just innately reach over and grab your kid and hold them back because you're trying to protect them. In that same way, God wants to protect us from things in the wor- of the world that will hurt us. And not a very popular topic but discipline as well. God loves you so much that he will give you a spiritual whooping to straighten you out. And we don't like that, but it's true. Again, going back to, to what we've been talking about in Moses and youth, we recently just read how Moses was commanded in Numbers 20 to, to speak to the rock to, for it to start to pour out water. And in his anger, he struck the rock twice, and then lectured the people. And because of that, he was not permitted to enter the promised land. That's a very tough discipline. And God still used Moses in that situation, but the point is this, is that he guards you with his rod and in his staff. He guides your steps when you need direction, and then he will discipline you in love when you disobey. And so the second question I want to ask you, and it's kind of a twofer, what are some areas in your life that you need protection in? And the second question is, is what are some areas that you need to be disciplined in? There's kind of some self-reflection, and that's a very hard question to answer, and I wanted to give answer to, to these as well, so I don't want you to think that, that I haven't thought about this because I have. I know that I need protection in the area of purity and from peer pressure. It's very easy for those things to be slandered in my life if I'm not careful or to allow someone to pressure me into to, to um, not be faithful. In some, certain areas, I need to be disciplined in. I need to be disciplined um, from being lazy. It's very easy to be lazy, especially during this time. There's so much that needs to be done, but it's so easy to just fall into your natural comfort zone. Can't be lazy. I've got to be disciplined. And this world will throw some heavy things at you, for, but for the believer, God's presence is near to those who seek after him. First Chronicles 16.11 says this, Seek the Lord and his strength, Seek his presence continually. And that doesn't say seek it when it's convenient or seek it when things are going good or or only seek God when someone dies or when you're going through hard times, but it's saying 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. To seek the Lord. The enemy wants you to fall victim to sin and then expose you to make you feel dirty, ashamed, depressed, unlovable. But God wants to guard you from those things. I remember when I was very young, two examples of how God wants to respond to us. When I was young, me and my brother, he had made me mad, my youngest brother, and I... Uh, we were wrestling, and I said, oh, I'm going to get him good. Why? I I jumped on him. I'm not going to say how I jumped on him. I just jumped on him. And I ended up breaking his arm. Well, you you better believe that. I got a whooping for that. We weren't supposed to be wrestling anyway, and I got a whooping. But then there was also another time in in that same year or so where I was standing on a slide in third grade and a kid pushed me off, and I fell down, and I smacked the, the bottom of the slide. And what happened is I broke one of my front teeth, one of my permanent front teeth. And while I was not at fault in that, I had to leave school. I had to go get, my, I had to go get like, you know that tooth replaced, and, and it hurt. But I want you to see that while I disobeyed in two different areas, the response was completely different. When I broke my brother's arm, I received discipline. But when I broke my tooth, I received mercy. I, I received uh, love. I received something in a different way because it wasn't necessarily something that I intentionally did. And church, I want you to understand this, is that that when lust and envy and anger and gluttony and rebellion and, and these other emotions that we think will fulfill us. They'll complete us for a moment. But nothing will make you feel complete like the Lord. He wants to protect you. He wants to keep you from being destroyed by the sin of this world. I got a whooping for my parents because they don't want me to hurt my siblings. They don't want me to disobey them, so I got a whooping. But when I broke my tooth... They took care of me. They nurtured me. They helped me to get that situation fixed because that was what I needed at the time. And in that same way, how they knew what was best for me in that moment, God knows what is best for you in this moment. Proverbs three eleven through 12 says this, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof, for the Lord reproves him who he loves as a father as a father, the son in whom he delights. He loves those who he disciplines. Second, last thing I want us to look at. God is your promise keeper. God is your promise keeper. He's also who, who, who gives us peace. He delivers us. And we see that in these last two verses, five and six. You have a place In the Lord. In verse 5, we get a picture of David sitting at a table with his enemies. And I thought that was really interesting as to why he would be in the presence of his enemies. And David Gazook says this: it says, The presence and the concern of the enemies doesn't disappear. So when you're going through something, when someone's attacking you or when Satan's attacking you, like that's very real. Like, don't ignore that. Like, it's there. But it doesn't stop you from experiencing God's goodness and provisions even in the midst of hard times. And I think that is so sweet, especially just during the season of life, how we can look at all the bad, but we know that the presence of the Lord is near, and we can still experience the fullness of his goodness. While life may be hard, especially right now, we have the privilege of enjoying God through it all. More enjoyable than any restaurant experience. More enjoyable than going to the barber shop or, or going to get a haircut or your roots recolored. More than going to the movies. The Lord satisfies us more than those things. You don't need possessions or experiences to experience the richness of love, of joy, of mercy, and grace from our Heavenly Father. He gives it to us. One of the, the parts of this verse at the end of five, it says, my cup overflows. And so church, I want to ask you my last, one of my last questions. How would you say God is overflowing your cup in this season? It's so easy to focus on the bad, but how are you focusing on what God is doing here and now? For me, one of my old students, Cameron, has been calling me over the past few weeks. And I love Cameron. He's a believer. But particularly during this season, Cameron has just really been turned uh, just to, to really just obey the Lord. And so he's been calling me and and talking about accountability uh, every other day, and we will talk about what God's doing. We'll talk about He's in He's in um, D.C. right now, and what God's doing there, and how He's a part of a church, and, and whenever He's going through something, He'll call me. And and I didn't get that from Him when, when I was His youth minister, when I was one of His um, leaders in high school. And so it's just a very sweet thing because God is revealing um, fruit from the seeds that were planted in his life years ago. And it's very easy for me to be discouraged as to what I'm missing out in my students' lives now, what I'm missing in, in, in the end of the school year and, and sporting events and all other things like that, but it's incredible how God chose to reveal how he's working in one life that I care about so dearly right now. And it's just an encouraging testimony. And it doesn't stop in time like seasons. God's goodness and mercy are promised to those who are willing to walk in the name of the Lord forever. God has promised good to those that love him, but remember that man's good is not the same as God's good. I remember very briefly, maybe my sophomore or junior year of college, I was just in this weird funk. I don't know how you would describe it, but uh, I remember coming home and going to church, and I remember people would come up to me and they would just say, Hey, is everything okay? And I, and I sincerely was okay, but I was going through a funk, and I couldn't tell you why, um, but I was trying to be content. But I remember people telling me, um, you know, you just seem unhappy. You don't, you don't have the same joy that you used to have. And for the longest time, it didn't bother me, but then I started to think, well, is something wrong with me? Why, do, why, are people, why are people coming to me and telling me this? Like, am I missing something? And while there was sin in my life, I still felt like I was pretty consistently following the Lord. And so at a certain point, I felt like there was just something wrong with me that was incurable. Um, I would say that I was mildly depressed. I would say that I, the, the biggest feeling I felt is I felt like I was letting people down because I wasn't as joyful. I wasn't, exu- I wasn't just uh, shining God's joy through my life. And while it was a very tough season for me, I had to remind myself of who God is to me, and I had to preach the gospel to myself daily. I had to remind myself of His goodness. I had to remind myself that I'm not there to please people. That I'm not, I'm not there to be God to someone. But I'm there to 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 love God and then to love people as He has loved me. Titus three. by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And I had to remind myself of that daily. How he has delivered me, how his goodness is everlasting, how his mercy is following me. He has delivered you from the world. He has delivered you from yourself so that you could experience intimacy and life in him. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. And I want to enter into a time of invitation, church. And Christians who are streaming with us, I want you to just remember that God is, is our protector, he is our provider, and he is our promise keeper. He promises to to for us to dwell in his presence for the rest of our days. And so when I ask you, have you forgotten who he is? Have you forgotten his promises? If so, have you become distracted by the things of the world and where you are, you can pray through that right now. You can have a response time personally at home. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. And if you're an unbeliever, join us today. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or if you have other things that you need to talk about, we have people who are online who are hosts and who are staff, who would love to speak with you virtually through the chat and, and, and just talk with you and maybe help you figure out what the Lord is doing in your life. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. And let's remember that during this season. Let us pray. God, I thank you so much for being our great shepherd, for leading us, for for helping us know when to rest, when to rely on you, how you defend us from the enemy, how you fill up our cup, and how we can dwell on you forever. God, I pray that as we go into this time of invitation that we would be sincere in our response, that you would allow us to to respond in love, that we would respond in humility. God, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the people who you've called to be a part of this congregation. God, I pray that we could be a testimony of your goodness and share hope with others. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.